Lord, we love you and we magnify your holy name. Able and mighty is the Lord. Able and mighty is the Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. I rolled out of bed this morning and the first thought that came, and I know it was the Lord, it was before I even had a chance to think about anything else. He said this to me. He said, the God of the mountain is still God of the valley. The God of the mountain is still God of the valley. Israel was attacked and they defeated the enemy when they were attacked on the mountain, the high places, the times where everything is going our way. But then the enemy regrouped and decided, hey, let's go after them. Their God is only a God of mountains. And the enemy discovered that God is also the God of the low places, the valleys where the enemy likes to traffic, where he likes to position his Goliaths and his giants. I want to encourage you today. God is the God of the mountains. He's the God of the valleys. He's the God of the seas. He's the God of the furnaces. He's the God of the universe. He is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And no matter what you're going through, what you're facing right now, our God is more than able. He is willing to assist, to help. So right now, let's go to the throne of grace. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we magnify, we glorify. Lord, we are so grateful for your faithfulness, Lord. And Lord, we believe today that, Lord, you're reaching down and touching those that are discouraged. Lord, those that are maybe despondent, those that are at a place right now that, Lord, they feel they've lost all the hope, I pray that hope would be infused in them. Lord, what the enemy has meant for bad, Lord God, let the church arise victorious in you, knowing, my God, that you are the victor. And Lord God, we love you and we thank you today for the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team, today. As we go to the Word this morning, I want to look at John, the 14th chapter. John, the 14th chapter. We'll switch. There we go, guys. John, the 14th chapter. We're going to be reading verse 25 in just a moment. Uh, as you go there, let me encourage those of you that have offering. Uh, you can go to crossroadschurch.com, uh, crossroadschurchgreenville.com, and uh, you can give your tithe there, uh, offerings. Also, you can text CRC to 76959. I believe our guys are bringing that up on the, on the prompter now. And so you can give. And we know that the church is going to continue to go forward. We're going to rise, and God's going to do what God is able to do and he's going to bring us through every situation that we face a little bit of ringing guys if you want to take that down just uh, just don't take the volume just the ringing off let's look in john john 14 and i'm going to talk to you today about abiding in peace abiding in peace when more do we need peace but then we find ourselves in storms or in valleys or in difficulties so as we look to the Word of God, I want, to, I want to encourage you to reach out and receive what God has given us. Now as we look to the book of John, the 14th chapter, we find out that between the, between the 12th chapter and the 13th chapter, 
Jesus enters the upper room with his disciples. And then as, as much as we can, can gather, they remain there. And so in chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, we, we can assume or presume that Jesus is there with his disciples in the upper room. Because in verse 18, or chapter 18, we see that he leaves and crosses uh, the brook and he goes into the garden and that's where we see the Lord Jesus as he, as he prays to the Father there in Gethsemane. But here in chapter 14, this is after Judas Iscariot has betrayed the Lord. He has gone out. The Lord has said, what you need, do, what you need to do, do quickly. And so he disperses Judas. Judas goes out from the presence. And then the Lord begins in chapter 14 to begin to speak to his 11 remaining disciples. As he is preparing in his final discourse to leave the earth and he's instructing his disciples. Now there's something I want us to look at today as we talk about peace and abiding in peace. Look now in John 14 verses 25 and let's read down to verse 27. I have spoken these things to you while I am still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. This is what I want to look at especially. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, as we look here, we see that God has given us, the Lord Jesus has given us a gift. It is a gift that the world cannot afford us. In fact, it's not of this world. It can only come from the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's bestowed upon us from our Father. But that gift that God gives us, and he left not only with the 11 disciples there, but every other disciple, every other committed child of God, they have received this gift, and that is the gift of peace. Now, as we were in Ivory Coast, West Africa, as the pandemic began to take, uh, take hold of not just this nation, but the world, we were sitting there as our group was gathered, as we were getting information, as airports were beginning to close, and we gathered and we began to pray. And in that moment, the Lord showed me in an instant that there would be such overwhelming fear that gripped the entirety of the world, that that fear would be so paralyzing to the world. But he said, my church, in that moment, he just gave me a word of knowledge in a flash. He said, but my church will walk in a peace that is not of this world. It's a peace that will be so noticeable and so attractive to the world that the world will begin to look to the church to discover this peace. Now, the Lord has given you and I peace. We have peace that he has given us. Now, that word peace literally means a state of tranquility, exemption from the rage and havoc of war. Isn't that beautiful? Tranquility. No more, no more uh, havoc of, of war going on. 
That word peace also means peace between individuals. Now, as we discover, we can have peace with God the Father because Jesus became our peace, offering that offering of peace to a sage to stop. There's no more hostility between man and God if we are in Christ Jesus. The hostility existed. We could not walk in fellowship with God until Jesus Christ came. And when he came, he offered that peace offering once and for all. And so that now we can have peace with God. Now, if we can have peace with the Father, we can have peace with other individuals as we walk in peace. That word means security, safety. Don't you know that we need that kind of peace today? And that peace has been afforded to us by Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord tells us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and are safe. But I especially like this definition of this word peace. All of that is inclusive in what Jesus spoke. When he spoke the word peace, he said, I'm giving you a peace. It is yours to have. It is yours to hold. It is yours to occupy. It is yours to walk in. It's, the, it's no more havoc of war. It's tranquility. It is peace between you and God, between you and your neighbor. It's security and it's safety, but it's something even richer. It's something even more than that. It's the inner calm and contentment based on the knowledge that one is right in right relationship with God and that God has everything under control. I don't know about you, but that right there is what speaks the loudest to me. It's that inner calm because you're in right relationship with God. It's that inner calm knowing that he's got it all taken care of. He is taking care of his church. And if he doesn't build the house, we're laboring but in vain. If we are not building, if if he's not watching the city, then the watchman waketh but in vain. But notice there, the second half of that verse, of verse 27. He said, I'm giving you a peace. It's my peace. Not the world's peace. I'm giving you my peace. The peace that Jesus says, I have with my Father that I live in every day. My peace, I'm giving it to you. It is yours to have. But then he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. As you look to the Word, you see, now you've given me a peace that means I'm exempt from all the other things. Well, you can be. But you have a choice in the matter. Church, we have a choice in the matter. We can allow our hearts to be gripped with trouble and we can allow our hearts to be afraid or we can trust in Jesus, our peace, and walk in his peace knowing that he's got everything under control. That word trouble means agitated. It means like water boiling over. It means to disquiet and to cause to be restless and anxious. That word trouble means to perplex the mind Perplex the mind of someone by suggesting doubt. Who's the father of lies? Satan himself. What is his agenda? Lies. Endless number of lies. 
He wants to convince the church, he wants to convince the world that you're all on your own and there's nothing you can do about your situation. Now, I understand that there are storms. There are storms that are external. External storms we just endure. We just, we endure and we continue forward. But it's the internal storms that I'm going to talk to you about today. It's the internal storms that are causing fear to rise up inside of you. You have authority over that internal storm that is inside. And as you have Jesus in the boat, you need only to ask him to speak. And he has given you the authority to speak to that internal storm to say, Be quiet. I'm not listening. Peace, be still. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be agitated. Don't let it be overwhelmed and overcome by the circumstances. Neither let it be afraid. Let it be timid, scared. Not only agitated, but don't let it be afraid. You mean to tell me, preacher, that I can walk without fear? Yes, if you walk in Jesus Christ. Yes, if you continue in Jesus Christ. Yes, if you trust in him wholly. But Jesus goes further than that. He shows us how to not let our hearts be troubled and to not let them be afraid. In John 15 and 7, he says this, If you will abide in me, if you'll abide in me, and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you will, and it will be granted to you from my Father. John 15, for those Bible students, you know that, that is the, uh, those verses are the ones that Jesus begins to share as he talks about being the true vine. And he goes on to say, if you will abide in me and I, my words abide in you, that you will begin to bear fruit. We know that the fruit of God's word and the fruit of God's spirit is found in Galatians 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, what does the Lord want to give and what does the enemy want to keep us from? The Lord wants to give us and allow us to abide in the vine and allow his word to abide in us and us live according to the word of God. And in so doing, then we will begin to bear fruit. Love, joy, peace. Do we want that inner calm and that inner peace that God wants to give us, knowing that he has everything in control? Then we must abide in the word. Now, three areas I'm going to talk about, about abiding in the word, is praying the word, Speaking the word and meditating on the word. Praying the word, speaking the word, and meditating upon the word of God. Now as we look here, praying the word. Now notice there, Jesus said, there's a peace that I'm giving you, as we've covered. Then he says, it's not as the world, it's not the peace that you can find in the world. I was thinking about this, and the Lord just began to drop things in my heart. And I, I've shared this story, but I, and probably all the stories that if you've listened any time, you, you've heard some of the stories. But this is one particular story, some impact that I had on my life, that this, this 
came to light and really became part of who I am. How many know that when you're walking with God and then the word is introduced into your situation, now all of a sudden it's not just words on pages. It becomes a part of your heart because you grab hold of it and it begins to germinate inside of you and there's nothing in the world or no one that can take it from you. How many remember those, that old chorus that we used to sing? This joy that I have, the world has not given it to me. This joy that I have, the world cannot take it away. But also the love and the peace. The peace that Jesus is speaking about didn't come from the world. Now back in the early 90s, I was working in an in a electrical mechanical place. And in that time, there was a... We, we had got a, guys in the shop area, they had the radio going, and we heard that there was going to be a storm, and we looked out because it's the middle of the summer, and we could see as the clouds outside was beginning to change the nature, the wind, the atmosphere, we could tell. You could always tell when there's a big storm coming. And so I was, some of the guys had gathered at the end, and they were looking out the, the big door that was open, and as they were looking, I was walking up to see what was happening, and all of a sudden, a tornado just dropped out of the clouds. So we started running for shelter. I was going to run because the, 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 the most inner part of this big warehouse that we were in was the restroom area. So I run in, and I grabbed the door, but the pressure was so, was so, so much that we could not push that door open. And so we ran to the back of the shop, and there was this big convection oven-looking thing where we would take our parts and pieces and we would put it in there, and, and it was a whole process. And so I run in there, and a couple of my Christian brothers were already in there, and they were praying. Now, as I ran into that sheltered area, I still didn't feel safe. I peeked my head out the door, and the back half of the building was gone. Tornado had just looked like it just reached down and took a big bite out of that building. I did not feel safe at all. But then all of a sudden, the word came to me. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. And the peace of God shall guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. So as the word came, I began to pray. And only in that time, in that moment of prayer, though that the storm had not changed its course, it was coming right over the top of us, and it was hailing so hard in this tin building that you could yell to the top of your lungs, and the person standing next to you or in your face could not hear you because of the noise. With all of the chaos that was going on, and all of the noise that was going on, I just began to pray the word of God. Lord, you said, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to you. And the peace of God just came over because I knew at that moment, even if the Lord took me home, he was in control. I don't know where you're at or what you're going through, 
But God didn't write this word for for select individuals. He didn't just separate it and said, oh, those that are called to preach and those that are called to ministry, you, you have special rights to the word. No, if you're a child of God, part of your inheritance is the word of the Lord. And if you want to make your way through in these times, in these troubled times that we're living in, so that your heart doesn't get gripped with, with anxiety, it's so that you are not totally consumed by the things of the world and everything that is surrounding you, that I would encourage you to begin to pray the Word of God. And what happens is the fruit of God's peace begins to flourish in our life. But before you can have fruit, you've got to have a seed. You've got to take the Word and begin to plant it inside of your heart so that you have something to pray. Pray the Word of God. Now, see, as I said, Abiding in the word is praying the word, but it is also speaking the word. Now, we were in a, another personal story. We were in a church in a land far, far away, in a time far, far away. You always got to preface it that way so people know that you're not talking about here now. But we were actually pastoring in Hot Springs in Arkansas, and this has been many years ago. And the church was growing. In fact, it was growing uh, leaps and bounds. People are getting saved. People are getting delivered. And it was time that we started making some, uh, there was such transition time that was taking place that we had to start bringing staff and, and different ones on. And It was a very difficult Time, even though it was a time of rejoicing and we were thanking God for everyone that was being born again, but that's where I discovered that there's never a building without a battle. If you're going to build for the kingdom of God and think you're going to do it without a battle, you are crazy. It's not going to happen. Anytime that we start bringing light of God's goodness in, the enemy is going to rise up. That's why I believe that this present suffering that we're going through right now is not going to compare to the glory that God has given to the church. I believe with all of my heart there is a revival that's going to astound even the revivalist. I believe there's a move of God's spirit that's going to take place in our land today. Why? Because I know the spirit of God. Because I know who he is. And I know that God is not going to allow his church to limp in in these last days. I believe that the Lord has equipped us with what we need for the day that we are facing. But as I was in the midst of that, that battle, I began to search the Lord. And I said, God, I don't. My heart was afraid. I was scared. I was young. It was my second pastorate. And, and I was learning a lot of things on a fast pace. We were in the midst of revival. And the spiritual attack was real. It was a real spiritual attack. I wasn't point looking at people. I wasn't looking at things I wasn't blaming people for the reason why I was feeling what I was feeling. How many know every time that we get into a battle or a situation, we like to demonize people? They're the reason. They're the ones. They've got a devil. They've got a spirit. They're not doing right. I cannot tell you the number of times that people have come to me, have had interpersonal relational issues, and all they want to do is demonize the other person. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. 
We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Don't demonize people. Pray for them. Ask God to help them. But take, you take it up with the Lord and begin to ask him for his, for his help and his wisdom. So I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I need your help. My heart, I am afraid. I am scared. And God, I need your help. And immediately the Lord took me to Isaiah 41 and 10. And there again, it's another time where the heart, my heart began to change because of the word. He said, fear not. Don't you love it when... You get in the word of God and those words just come off of the page and the Lord is speaking to you these words. God is speaking to someone today. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who were increased against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. Then those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with you, those who war against you shall be as nothing. As a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Let me ask you this. If the Lord is helping us and God is with us, why do we need to be afraid? You can walk in peace, but see, I had to take authority over my own heart. Let not your heart be troubled. How did I do that? I began to pray the word of God. As we pray the word of God, we also speak the word. How do we abide in the word to bring forth and produce that peace? The way that we do that is by praying the word of God and then speaking the word of God. So every time that I was faced with a challenge in that season God was carrying me through, I began to quote this scripture. Fear not, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't be disquieted. For the Lord said he's going to help me. He's going to take care of the situation. He said, I will uphold you. Right now, no matter where you're at, if you are holding yourself up, you're on some unstable ground. If your foundation is your personal, physical shelter, then you're on some unstable ground. But I'll say to you, if the Lord is your help and your refuge, and you begin to speak the word of God, he's the one upholding you. He's the one that's lifting you up. If you build on any other foundation than Jesus Christ, your house is going to crumble. But if your house is founded upon the word of God, if your house is founded upon Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter when the winds blow and the storms come. It's not going to move your house because Jesus Christ is unmovable. He's unstoppable. He is immutable. He is infallible. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you're not going to stop his church. Now, by faith, I'm hearing you shout from the internet and from wherever else you're at. But hear me today. There's a peace that belongs to the people of God. It's the peace that Jesus Christ gives us. Speak the word. 
Fear not, I am with you. Do not dismay, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I was in that season when God brought me that word, and I discovered I'd listened to a lot of the leadership things. A lot of the leadership things say that, you know, you're the lid, the leader. It rises and falls on you. That if, if you don't get it right, then nothing's going to go right. And there's elements of truth in all of that. But the reality is this. If it's all just about us and we're trying to make this thing happen, we might as well park this thing in the, in the dock and, and get, off of this, get off of this ship because the storm will eat us alive. But I come to tell you today, it's not just about us. If the Lord, unless the Lord build the house, we are laboring in vanity, in vain. It's not us that changes the hearts and transforms the life. It is not us that came up with the idea that the Lord needed a church to stand upon, to be built upon a rock. It's not our words that we speak over the situation. It is His. And when He speaks, worlds come into existence. Things begin to change. Hell begins to shake. Everything begins to rattle because God is in control of this thing. Not the world, not the media, not the politics. I will tell you, and I've always separated preaching and politics, but we're coming into a day that if you're a child of God, truly a child of God, you need to register to vote. And you need to vote biblical principles because your religious rights are at jeopardy in the days in which we're living. If you're 18 years of old and you're a child of God, I encourage you to, to register to vote and vote biblical principles. Vote according to how whatever candidate most aligns with the Word of God. Now, I believe we're stepping into a time where, folks, we gotta, we got to realize who we are. Now, it doesn't matter who steps into the office. God is still going to be in control. Amen? God is still in control. But I want you to know that the ability to proclaim the word of God in a free nation is up for jeopardy right now. So let me encourage you to vote your conscience. Vote biblical standards. Amen? Now, to abide in God's word, we need to pray the word. We need to speak the word. But then we also need to meditate upon the word. I love Joshua 1 and 8. It's another one of my foundational scriptures. Let not this book of the law depart from your mouth. Speak the word. But meditate upon it day and night. That you may observe to do. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. If you're not having success right now, let me ask you, are you abiding in the word of God? Are you speaking the word? Are you meditating upon the word? Wait a minute. I thought only Eastern mysticism came into meditation. No, meditation was something invented by God. It depends upon what you're meditating on. We need to meditate upon the word of God. We need to, like the, chow, the cow chewing its cud, we need to begin to eat. And we need to begin to, and begin to meditate upon the word of God. Now, we were landing in Ivory Coast, West Africa, 
on September the 11th, 2001. It was a time where I really needed the peace of God. It wasn't until we landed there in the Ivory Coast that we discovered that the Twin Towers had been hit. So we panicked. We're like, we need to get home. We need to get home now. Now, those of you that been around, you knew that we went to Ivory Coast. I stayed out of the country for 19 years. I go back 19 years later, and lo and behold, there is another worldwide pandemic. So I have been banned from the Ivory Coast. Just kidding, but it just seemed a little bit bizarre. So we land there in 9-11, and we're there in 9-11. I had preached a series of messages in our church in Hot Springs out of John 14, pertaining to peace. And we were there and, and just trying to, trying to figure out the next step. Do we need to get home? Of course, I'm in contact with, with Andrea. She is, she is eight months pregnant with Jacob. And her instructions to, her, to me were this. If you don't get home by the time this baby's born, don't come home. Oh, I got to get home. <laughs> one thing you don't argue with, uh, one person you don't argue with is an eight-month pregnant woman. <laughs> so we were trying to find flights out of there, fl- trying to get back home. But we found out we could not get back home because everything was shut down. The Lord spoke to me in, in, in words that I knew it was him. He said, stay the course. So we stayed the course. We did what we were, were called to do, and then we time to leave. We got on the plane, and we came back uh, without, any, without any difficulty. But the guys on my team, and this is aggravating for preachers, in the midst of crisis situation, and I know that some of you are, are, are much more righteous than me, but at the time it was aggravating, my guys started preaching to me the messages that I'd been preaching to them. But preacher, didn't you tell us that, didn't you say the word of God says that the Lord has given us peace? Not as the world gives peace, but I've given you a peace. And I just wanted in my heart to just say, shut up and leave me alone. Finally, I had to take my own medicine. So I began to meditate on the word of God. And I said, guys, you're right. You're right. You're right. The word of the Lord says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon the Lord because he trusts in you. Let not your heart be agitated, irritated. Don't be overcome. Don't let, your, don't let the perplexing uh, lies of the enemy, the doubts that he wants to put in you, don't let that be what you meditate upon. Don't let your heart be afraid. You've got authority. God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of love and of power and of a discipline, a sound mind. We have authority as children of God to bring every thought into captivity of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been afforded what Jesus paid with his blood to give us, and that is his peace and that peace tells me that God's in control and he will take care and whenever the troubles try to come in I say no because I trust in him 
My trust is in him. He didn't say any kind of peace. He said perfect peace. Perfect peace comes from perfect trust. I don't trust in my righteous acts. I don't trust in what I am able to do. I don't trust in my man-made shelters. But I do trust in him. And if I will put perfect, complete trust in him, he will give to me and I will walk in his perfect peace. He whose mind, what does he mean by that? It's the meditation. It is listening, germinating, rehearsing the word of God, putting our thoughts toward his word. I've told you before in the midst of all of this, yes, you need to be informed. Yes, you need to know how to pray. Yes, you need to know what's going on in the world around you. Let me tell you, if all the stimuli you're getting is from the sources of the news medias, and that's all that's flooding into your heart, you will end up disquieted. You will end up dismayed. You need to be informed. But let us spend more time listening to God's voice, meditating upon his word, searching out in his book, Let us spend more time praying the word, speaking the word, and meditating upon the word of God. Then we will discover his peace that he has given us. It will be a natural byproduct of us living and abiding in his word and abiding in him. Amen? Father, we come before you today. Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful, Lord God. There's a handful of folks that are here today. I want you to stand. Those of you in in your homes right now, if you're able, you can stand or or just bring your heart in alignment with with the Lord. Father, in the name of the Lord, we're living in a very precarious, precarious time. So many variables and so many unknowns and so many things that we're just discovering in this path as we move forward. Lord, we pray today that you would guide us by the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons. They're the children of God. Lord, I pray today that you will guide us by your Spirit. Lord, I ask today, I ask in this moment now, that you would lead us to that place of perfect peace, perfect rest, perfect harmony, Lord God, with you. Put such a craving on the heart of the church for the secret place that we will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress and he is my strength. Let me ask you this question, church. How secure is your security? How safe is your safe place? 
Here's the reality. We're playing hide-and-go-seek with a virus that we'll all inevitably come into contact with. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. That's not the question. We're trying to face down the absolute inevitable, and I understand the parameters, and I don't want to get into the arguments. The point I want to make is this. Will we walk in peace? Or will we allow trouble, anxiety, agitation, and fear to dominate the entirety of our thoughts? Let's choose peace. Lord, bring a calm and a rest. Bring a peace. Lord, as tangible as tangible, Lord God, as your book laying on the table, let us see peace. Let us reach out and grab hold of that peace because you are our peace. And we thank you today. We 